on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings, live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Radio City. Here's Matt Foley. That's a tough way to lose a baseball game. The Brewers lead through much of it. They have a 2-0 lead. They just cannot hold on in the late innings. They had many opportunities to add on runs, but they leave 10 on. They go 2 for 13 with runners in scoring position, and they end up losing in 10 innings by a 3-2 score. Welcome in to Brewers Extra Innings. A good morning to you. 104 in the morning, we come your way, and we'll be taking you for the next 56 minutes up until 2 o'clock in the morning, going back through this game uh, today, tonight, yesterday, whatever you want to say, as the Brewers do lose. If you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting into the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and text line 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. You can also tweet into the program if you'd like, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air is how you get in contact with us this evening. Uh, just a couple bits of breaking news, and we will hear from manager Craig Council coming up uh, later on in the program, uh, but Hunter Renfro did have to leave this game early, and he is going to get an MRI tomorrow slash later on today, and they're not real sure whether it's going to be something more serious or not. Uh, Basically, he said he feels like he could be out for three days or he feels like he could be out for a month. You don't really know. It's a hamstring issue. Uh, So we'll find out more information tomorrow. It feels like injuries are starting to pile up. Willie Adamas has been out. He's going to be back relatively soon. We found out before the game today that Freddie Peralta is going to be out for an extended period of time, and now there's a possibility that Hunter Renfro could possibly be uh, going out as well. And I, you know, just the way the um, the way baseball has been the last couple years, I have been concerned about an abundance of injuries hitting teams at some point when you think about the fact that they did the start-stop spring training in the COVID year and then played just the 60 games, and then last year came back with a full schedule, but it was still a little bit different. And then this offseason, things were not normal because guys were not able to use team facilities. Guys did not have access to uh, teams' medical staffs and doctors and trainers. Uh, all that was something that they, they generally have access to in the offseason. They didn't have that. And then you get into another shortened spring training, and you go into it. When you look at what has happened in baseball in the last three years, there is no reason not to believe that injuries are going to tick up a little bit more than normal. And I don't, I don't know if this is – I think that impacts pitchers more than anything else. Uh, but it's just every time there is an injury that occurs or any time there's a period where it feels like injuries are starting to uh, come more often than normal, I'm going to continue to think back on just what has led to um, – what has led to – where we're at right now, you know, just uh, everything that's happened. So we'll get into that more uh, during the course of the program. But obviously tonight, story of the game is just not being able to uh, hit with runners in scoring position, going 2-for-13, having bases loaded on a couple separate occasions, uh, no outs, and not being able to push across runs in those situations. Uh, this is a game the Brewers should have won. This this is one of those games the Brewers should have won. If you listen to me very much, you know I talk about the idea in baseball that, 
everybody wins 60 and everybody loses 60, and it's those other 40 or so games that are, is dependent upon whether you're a really good team or whether you're a really bad team. The difference between being a team close to 100 wins or a team close to 100 losses. And you go through the season a few times a year and you look at a game that should have been a win and you think, okay, that's one of those games that was on the table that determines which direction your season's going to go in. And not that the Brewers' season's going to go in the wrong direction, simply because they lost this game. Every team loses games like this over the course of 162 games. But yeah, that's a uh, that's a tough one today. That is a tough one today as they lose in 10 innings by a 3-2 score. Uh, we will take a break. We'll uh, bring in Vinny Rotino coming Coming up in just a moment as the Brewers, they fall short to San Diego, 3-2 and 10 innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings. The 0-2, Tyrone, line shot, right center field. That's going to plug the gap. McCutcheon scores easily. Renfro's going to be waved around third. Here comes the throw to the plate. Renfro slides in there with the left hand safely, and he beat the throw. Tyrone Taylor drives in two, and the Brewers lead it two to nothing. But they couldn't tack on beyond that. They score the two runs in the second inning, and they don't score again. One of the tougher losses of the season. And yet not all two for 13 with runners in scoring position are exactly the same. Like That's always not good. That's a bad number. That's bad every single time. But what level of bad? And when you've got some bases loaded, no out situations in there, and you're not coming through, it makes that day with runners in scoring position that much worse. This is a game the Brewers absolutely should have won today. Welcome back into the program. My name is Matt Pauley. You can get in contact with us by calling or texting the Acunet Mortgage Talk at text line 855-616-1620, or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. Let's bring in former Brewer and Valley Sports Wisconsin analyst Vinny Rotino. And Vinny, you just... The the number that just flashes at you is the two for thirteen with runners in scoring position. As as I was just saying, those bases loaded situations that you don't take advantage of. Uh, this is a really tough loss for this team. Yeah. So in the fourth inning, obviously Rowdy Telez starts off with a single, and he back to back walks, and you thought they were going to really blow it open right there. And then the the fly out by Tyrone Taylor, the strikeout by Jace Peterson, and then that unbelievable play by Jake Cronenworth up the middle. So you you did think that that I, I thought off the bat that was certainly getting through is going to score two runs. So that's it's partly how the ball bounces, but obviously Tyrone Taylor needs to get that ball a little bit deeper to at least get one there, and then obviously. Same thing from Jace Peterson. Got to get the ball in play somehow. You're not going to get doubled off likely. Jace Peterson is too fast for that. So to strike out there, you can't do that. Nick Martinez' line looks a lot better because they didn't score there, although he did pitch well. But I agree with you. You got to score there. The fourth inning was a big momentum shift. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just they let Martinez off the hook essentially in that moment. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, again, his line looks pretty good right now. I mean, five innings, five hits, two runs, three walks, five strikeouts. I mean, again, they could have they could have hung a, a crooked number on him right there in the fourth. They had him on the ropes. He, he had the good changeup working, and Jace Peterson really couldn't see it. And I think that's what the issue was there with him punching out there. But you got to get something across. Um, Again, 
Cronenworth, tip your cap. That was an unbelievable play up the middle, the way that he was able to fully outstretch dive and, and, and throw out Colton Wong at first base. But then obviously then in the 10th as well, they had the bases loaded and couldn't push anything across either. So um, you got to somehow find a way to, to get at least another run. I mean, I mean they, had them, they had them on the ropes. I agree with you. This is a very tough pill to swallow. Yeah, uh, and you, you think about all the people who had the opportunities, and I know you just went through it, but Tyrone Taylor, Jace Peterson, and Colton Wong, and for Taylor and Peterson, they each have opportunities with less than two outs. And, and then you look at that 10th inning situation, and again, give, give, give credit where credit is due. That was a nifty double play that was turned uh, by the Padres on Andrew McCutcheon. But if you're McCutcheon, you can't you can't ground into that. That's the that is the worst possible thing that can happen in that moment. Yeah, exactly. I mean, especially. I mean, how rare is that one, two, three double play? Usually, pitchers can't walk and chew gum at the same time. Yet there, yet Garcia is turning that one, two, three double play. And uh, I mean, it was a good play, but you got to keep it out of the middle of the field on the ground so that doesn't happen. I mean, anywhere else. It's either a base hit or at least just a force out at home and not a double play with the infield in there. So um, they just seem to not be able to do the little, you know, play small ball at times. And that is what's frustrating about this, uh, about this team and not being able to score runs in those situations. I know Taylor doesn't come through in that one moment, but still, he has a nice game. He goes two for three, has a couple RBIs in this game. It sounds like at the very least, Hunter Renfro is going to be out for a few days. At the at the worst, it could be longer than that. So we've talked so much about giving Taylor these opportunities. Well, they may not have a, a choice now. If Renfro is going to be out, Taylor's going to have to be in there. But, man, it really seems like as he is getting these opportunities to play every day, he's continuing to come up with some big hits. Yeah, he's doing a nice job of having quality at bats and putting the barrel on the baseball. I thought he hit a home run too in the ninth. Uh, he pulled it a little bit foul, got around that baseball a little bit. But yeah, I mean he, the talent is certainly there. I mean he performed last year. He's earned the opportunity to have everyday at bats. I think we're all pretty much believers in him at this point. I think he's just got to settle in and just kind of play, just because the talent at this point is there. And uh, I mean uh, probably gets an opportunity in center, and if Renfro does miss any kind of time with that pulled hammy, or if it is a pulled hammy, then we may even see Keston Hura play some corner outfield, maybe have Ke- uh, obviously uh, Christian Yelich is going to be playing left, uh, but Keston might play some right, or McCutcheon might even play some right, maybe you DH Christian Yelich, and then Keston can go out to left field, some sort of musical chairs like that, and so maybe we see more of Keston, and then obviously we are going to see a ton more of Tyrone Taylor. Man, if Keston's out there, you know teams are going to be running on him. He'll probably get that that elbow that's been the issue since college, and I know people will tell you that it's it's not an issue anymore and, and everything's good, but there's a re- you know Somebody asked the other day, uh, yesterday when Mike Brasso started at shortstop, I got a text message asking why it wasn't Keston here, and I, I don't think the Brewers want him making that throw from shortstop or third in addition to, uh, you know, d- defensively it's a lot different playing second base than shortstop, but if you've got him in the out, Field, they're going to have to be doing some things probably to limit uh, the the throws that he would have to uh, pull off from out there. 
Yeah, I mean, certainly, probably gonna that's going to be a factor. Although you just bring the the cutoff man a little bit further out, um, but I, I think at this point there, you, you got to try and find a way to get his bat in the lineup. I think because again, he's been performing and he's been producing, and I think with consistent at bats, he's going to be able to to really. I don't say I don't want to say carry the team by any stretch, but I mean the talent is there that he's able to really produce, and uh, you know, for a game or two, be able to drive in enough runs to to win a game. And we we've seen that from him in the past. So I think consistent at bats for him would be a nice thing to see um, for for his own sake and for the team's sake. 3-2, the Brewers fall short in San Diego, losing to the Padres. If you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting into the Accident Mortgage Talk at text line 855-616-1620. I'm Matt Pauley. That's Vinny Rotino. We'll continue on in just a moment on WTMJ. The one-two pitch. Swing and a miss! He struck him out with a fastball at 96. Devin Williams. Ice water in his veins. Strikes out Machado to send this game to extra innings. A 10-inning 3-2 loss for the Brewers in San Diego to open up this three-game series and also open up this three-city 11-game road trip. Welcome back in to Brewers Extra Innings here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley, former Brewer Vinny Rotino alongside. Vinny, here's a statistical oddity about tonight's game for the Padres. It is their first extra inning walk-off against the Brewers since May 15th of 2017. And, Vinny, on that night, it was Hunter Renfro hitting a home run for the Padres to beat the Brewers. I mean, yeah, I mean, that that is uh, a crazy stat right there. I mean, too bad Hunter Renfro couldn't return the favor back to the Padres tonight. Obviously, he pulled the hamstring. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a tough loss for the Brewers. It's a tough way to start the road trip, too, right? I mean, yeah. they have 17, 17 days. They have 18 games, and they have a tough schedule. And you look at June's schedule, it, is, it gets really hairy. I mean, this Padres team is pretty good. They also play the Tampa Bay Rays, they play the Toronto Blue Jays, they play the New York Mets in June. So, I mean, you want to get off to a decent start on this road trip, and uh, they did not do that tonight. All right, so Trent Grisham had the bunt single in that seventh inning. Uh, Yesterday we saw the Washington Nationals pull off two bunts that went for base hits against the Brewers. If you were advanced scouting the Brewers, Vinny, would you say that they are susceptible to the bunt base hit? I don't. I mean, well, t- tonight's bunt base hit by Trent Grisham, you couldn't roll it out there any better than that. I mean, that and it was a perfect bunt. They, there was no way to defend that bunt. Um, but I, I think their defense is fine. Uh, but it is a testament to how bunting is totally taken away from the game. That teams may not be as comfortable defending it. I, I don't know if I could say that about the Brewers at this point. Um, but uh, that was just a perfect bump by Trent Grisham. You know, a lot of people make a big deal about bunting and whether or not you should be doing it or not. And I always, uh, I am generally anti-bunt, but I'm not anti-bunt on every situation. And, you know, y- yesterday it wasn't Juan Soto who was bunting. Today it's not Manny Machado and Eric Hosmer who's putting down bunts. If you're a singles hitter, if you're somebody who really needs a, a, a base hit, if you're somebody who doesn't have a ton of extra base hit potential, 
put down the bunt. I've got no problem with bunting for base hits in those type of situations with those kind of guys. Yep, uh, you know, exactly. And if you're comfortable doing it, 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 bunting is like, it's almost like hitting. Like I remember at times I felt like, okay, I can get this bunt down, no problem. And then other times I felt like, you know, there's no chance I'm going to be able to get this bunt down. It, it's it, it goes, like you almost slump with bunts. I mean, I think guys feel when they feel right to do it. We've seen Christian Yelich do that from time to time. He must feel pretty good at whenever he tries to lay one down. And then when Whenever it's not successful, you know that he's putting that in his back pocket and not trying it again for a couple of months. And that's just how it goes. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think if a guy's comfortable doing it, if they have some speed, um, if they're if they're really shifting them or, not, or kind of ignoring the fact that they might bond, I, I think you're going to see that from time to time from certain players. I also feel like it's powerful just to show the bunt. If you've got a third baseman, you know, you're a right-handed hitter, you've got a third baseman who's playing back, you just show it, all of a sudden you force that third baseman to maybe take a step, half step in, and that might buy you a hit later on in the game. Yeah, it puts it in the back of his mind, like, hey, this guy might lay one down. I might have to be a little bit more in. I might have to play on my toes a little bit. Yeah, it's going to affect his range, affect his reaction time if he is putting that in the back of his mind. So, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not opposed to the bunt like you. Uh, it, just, it just depends on, on situations. This game is not cookie cutter right i think that we all understand that with with all the data analytics and like the the buttons that need to be pushed in certain situations still you still need to play the game you still need to have instincts for the game and bunting's part of that adrian hauser six innings one run three hits four strikeouts two walks does not factor into the decision but this is just another really good performance from him Eight uh, ground outs compared to just the two fly outs. It really felt like he was in control for most of this game. Yep, he had 64 out of his 99 pitches were the were the fastball, the, the two seamer sinker and four seam combination, and that's when he that's kind of typical of what he does. He's like a 65 percent fastball, you know, sinker four seamer guy. Last time out, he did throw a, a lot more sliders and curveballs. Last time out against the Braves, um, and we I, I was curious if he was going to kind of change it up and do the same thing, but he did not. He kind of attacked with his normal repertoire. I don't think the slider was landing as well, and I don't think the slider was as sharp and as well commanded this time out. So he makes adjustments. That's what's cool about watching Adrian Hauser. He makes adjustments from start to start, from outing to outing, from inning to inning, really, and seeing what's working and seeing how to attack these guys. So he did a great job of that again tonight. We were just watching Adrian Hauser really mature before our eyes into a really good starting pitcher. Like we know about the sinker and we know about the pitching to contact, but my goodness, he only gets seven swings and misses in this game today. There's there's not that many pitchers in baseball who can get so few swings and misses and it really not impact their effectiveness. No, I, that's that's a really great insight because yeah, he's he's probably some data and analytics teams out there are probably not valuing this guy as much because of that, right? So, yeah, he. he you, you pitchers are judged on the three true outcomes, right? How many walks, how many strikeouts, and how many home runs do they give up? And so with Adrian Hauser, he's a little bit lower on the strikeout percentage because of that sinker. The guys are going to put the ball in play. And let's not forget, he is, he is really efficient at this point too, right? So he's getting early contact, early weak contact. Uh, he's not punching out a ton of guys. 
but he doesn't give up the home run either. So he is a little bit of a, a unique case study with all the new data and analytics. You definitely want to pay attention to how good this guy is pitching and locating his pitches and, and creating a ton of weak contact for opposing batters. How late are you going to sleep this morning? Oh, I, you know, the kids are going to get me up, uh, you know, I'm sure at some point uh, around 6 a.m., but, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. we got a game tomorrow, too, so we'll have to yeah. figure it all out. How about you? I'll be up by 6, yeah. I'll be I'm yeah. right there with you. I'll be up by 6. <laughs> so we got four and a half hours till our days uh, get going, and this day isn't over quite yet. All right, uh, Vinny, good stuff as always. Enjoy. Uh, we'll talk to you again later in the week. All right, we'll talk to you tonight. <laughs> Yeah, very good. Okay, see you. Bye. That's Vinny Rotino joining us here on the program. Brewers fall short. They lose to San Diego 3-2 in 10 innings. If you want to join us, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line available, 855-616-1620. Tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. We'll get to some of these uh, tweets and uh, texts coming up in just a moment. This is Brewers Extra Innings. One and two to Colton Wong. Here it is. Swing a line drive. Back up the middle. That might be the biggest play of the game. That is a that is a game changing moment, especially as we look back. Brewers lose by one in extra innings, three two and ten. Welcome back in. Brewers extra innings continuing here on WTMJ in the wee hours of the morning, one thirty one a.m. A very good. Tuesday morning to you. Let's grab a couple of uh, texts and tweets that have come in. We'll start with uh, on Twitter at Matt Pauley on air at Brew Crew Scott tweeting in with no Willie, Josh Hader, Hunter Renfro, Freddie Peralta, and now a completely depleted bullpen. Do you see any way the crew return home, returns home still in first place? Are Weimer and uh, Ethan Small now necessities? Yeah, so uh, they they go back in first place. Sure, they've got and. The Cardinals are playing really good baseball right now. They got a grand slam in the uh, in the tenth inning today uh, as they knock off uh, Toronto in St. Louis seven three. Uh, a walk off grand slam from Paul Goldschmidt, and things are starting to tighten up right now in the NL Central. Brewers have been holding on to about a four game lead consistently. That lead is now down to two games over St. Louis. So there's no guarantee that they're going to come back home in first place. But yeah, they this is a good Brewers team that's still going to win uh, a lot of games. Now some of the issues you brought up are legitimate. The part of the cost of tonight's game. Not only do you lose tonight's game, but Brad Boxberger throws 28 pitches. Devin Williams throws 24 pitches. How are they available? And if they are available, how effective are they tomorrow if they're needed in a tight and late situation? That I, we don't know until tomorrow. But this this game has a cost for tomorrow in addition to today, specifically when it comes to those two guys, their usage tonight, and then um, not having Josh Hader available right now. Um, yeah, so that's uh, th- that that is a legitimate issue. That is absolutely a legitimate issue. I still think Ethan Small is going to be back with the be back be uh, with this team sooner than later. 
Uh, he's back in the rotation at Nashville. He missed a start with a non-COVID illness. Maybe they want to get him one more start at Nashville just to kind of get his sea legs back underneath him. Or maybe they're just going to continue to wait. If there's anything with uh, with Small, at times he has a hard time with command. Maybe they want to refine that a little bit more at AAA. But you look at the numbers he's putting up at AAA, I would say now is the time for him. As far as Joey Weimer, and he just moved up again in the overall uh, MLB pipeline to the prospect rankings. I think he jumped about 10 spots or so uh, in those. So uh, Vinny Rotino has already said on this show that he thinks there's a good chance that maybe he's the starting center fielder by the time uh, this season does come to an end. I don't think we're to him yet. I would say we'll see Ethan Small before we'll see Joey Wimmer, but uh, maybe I'm wrong on that, and sometimes with a position player, it, you feel a little bit better putting someone into that kind of situation. I think they got to figure out what's going on with Hunter Renfro first and whether or not that's going to require an injured list stint. But don't forget, if, if he goes on the I.L., uh, you could have Willie Adamas back later on this week. you still got to find a spot for Adamas on the roster, so that is part of the uh, equation as well when it comes to uh, moving everybody around. Doug Texton, this bullpen is getting shakier by the day, very frustrating, missed chance after missed chance by the offense. I guess the Brewers want to waste Ethan Small down in Nashville and bring up the great Miguel Sanchez. Um, they, they do things for a reason in their timing. Doug, we, you have consistently, for the years that you have been texting, wanted guys to come up sooner than the Brewers want to bring them up. Whether you're right or whether the Brewers are right, it's hard to, uh, it's always, it's hard to always determine. But I would say that uh, you have consistently wanted guys up from AAA. But the, you're not alone in this either. In no way, shape, or form are you alone. There are a lot of uh, Brewers fans who want to see Ethan Small right now. Mike in Colorado says, once again, the lack of timely hitting cost the Brewers in what would have been a terrific win to start this road trip and mentions the numbers with runners in scoring position. Absolutely. Two for 13, just not good enough. And again, that, that two for 13 doesn't tell the whole story because of those bases loaded, no out situations and not being able to score in those situations. If you can't score in those situations, you're going to have a hard time winning games against good teams like the Padres. 3-2, the Brewers lose in San Diego in 10 innings. The postgame Comments manager Craig Council on the way next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. 2-2 game, 1-2 pitch. Swinging a hard ground ball back to the mouth, fielded by Garcia. He'll come to the plate for one. Alfaro throws the first. Double play. Out by a half a step is McCutcheon. It'll go 1-2-3, and now there are runners on second and third, but there are two outs. Yeah, it was one of the biggest plays of the game. Brewers end up losing in 10 innings in San Diego by a 3-2 score. Brewers' extra innings does continue here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. So you think about the uh, Colton Wong play with the uh, bases loaded there in the fourth inning. That was obviously a huge play, and really the two at-bats before that with Tyrone Taylor flying out and Jace Peterson striking out. You think about that Andrew McCutcheon double play. Uh, you think about the Trent Grisham bunt single. There were multiple big moments in this game that maybe moved some momentum from one direction or the other. Manager Craig Council met with the media just a little while ago and uh, discussed some of those big moments in this game. Well, every moment matters. So, I mean, I, I think every moment has an impact on the game. Um, I think, look, we, we loaded the bases twice, and with nobody out and didn't score, um, that's, that's 
you know, runs that we didn't capitalize on after really good scoring opportunities. So that's, you know, that's 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 our chance to score more. Uh, we caught a bad break on a ball that hit the pitcher's foot. Um, that that probably would have got through. Um, but uh, so yeah. What about that play that Cronenworth uh, made on? I think it was Cole. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's well, that's good baseball. I mean they, they made a, they made a play there, and you know anytime a team makes a play, you know you, you tip your hat. They made a play to keep runs off the board. For Sanchez, I mean that's just that's a tough spot coming up and being there, but like kind of. Well, I, I thought he pitched well. I mean he, you know, he got the ground ball out um, to a to the left-handed hitter, and, um, and then he got, you know, we loaded the bases, and he made a really good pitch to Kim to, to get soft. Weak contact, and um, fortunately, the, the next guy, um, you know, got enough of the ball and got it over the infielder's head. It's going to be a guy you trust to throw strikes in that spot, right? Yeah, I mean, we just, you know, it, it's it's what hitters do you want to face, really? You know, that's what you're. That's you know, any any contact hurts you, so um, that's what hitters do you want to face. Any update on Hunter? Uh, it's a hamstring strain. Um, we're going to get an MRI tomorrow, and uh, we'll assess after that. Was it on the run scoring play? Yeah. yeah. Well, he was really good. Um, you know, he, I, I thought he pitched really, really well. Um, you know, six strong innings uh, after a tough, challenging first inning, really. Really was efficient. Did a nice job in the fifth, kind of just managing that inning and, and only giving up one. Um, came out and, and threw a really good sixth inning, so job well done. Can I see that you talk about Machado, how dangerous he can be in two spots. Where... Yeah, I mean that's you know that's that's we, we got him out. You know that's twice with with men on base and a chance for him to do some damage and you know really you know kind of end the game. And um, our pitchers did a great job of him. Hosmer taking second base, so that make it a no-brainer to put Will on too. Yeah, I mean that that was kind of the expected to have. You know, that was their choice that they had, and um, so I wasn't surprised to do that. Yeah. Magic Craig Council meeting with the media just a little while ago. Brewers are starting he told to wear us out to the load four yards into his eight-foot bet. Brewers are starting to uh, wear out the uh, MRI machine uh, earlier today with Freddie Peralta. And, again, he's going to be out for a while. And now with Hunter Renfro uh, getting a, a double check of his uh, hamstring. And they'll see how severe that hamstring strain is and whether or not it's going to be an injured list stint. Um, just this isn't always true, but I can just tell you this. More often than not, when immediately after it happens – if you're not being told that it's a minor deal, then generally it's at least a moderate deal, meaning at the very least it's a it's a stint on the injured list. So I would be somewhat surprised if Renfro does not end up on the injured list to uh, to deal with this situation. Now the question is, is it going to be something where he's out for two weeks or is it going to be something that where he's out for, for two months? And we'll get that information tomorrow. All right, how did the whole game go down? We'll tell you what the highlights. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Fly ball. This? Deep right. And this? Third deck. Holy smokes. Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Matt Pauley. 
In 10 innings, the Brewers fall to the Padres by a 3-2 score. Starting pitching matchup, Adrian Hauser on the mound for the crew. Nick Martinez getting the start for the Padres, and it would be the Brewers who would strike first. It happens in the top of the second inning. Andrew McCutcheon leads the inning off with a base hit. Then Rowdy Tellez walks, so runners on at first and second for Hunter Renfro, who reaches on a fielder's choice where McCutcheon is out uh, at, excuse me, where Tellez is out at second. So runners on at the corners with McCutcheon on at third. After an Omar Narvaez strikeout, it's Tyrone Taylor at the plate. The 0-2, Tyrone, line shot, right center field. That's going to plug the gap. McCutcheon scores easily. Renfro's going to be waved around third. Here comes the throw to the plate. Renfro slides in there with the left hand safely, and he beat the throw. Tyrone Taylor drives in two, and the Brewers lead it two to nothing. They would have a big opportunity to add to that lead a couple innings later in the fourth. Rowdy Telez, a base hit, and then Lorenzo Kane walks, and Omar Narvaez walks. So the bases are loaded. Nobody's out. Tyrone Taylor comes up to the plate. He flies out, but not deep enough to score the run. The next hitter after that is Jace Peterson. The 1-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Change up, and Peterson goes down on strikes. That's a huge pitch by Nick Martinez. Yeah, so that took it from an opportunity with a runner on at third and less than two outs to two outs, but you still had a pretty good guy coming up to the plate in Colton Wong. One and two to Colton Wong. Here it is. Swing a line drive. Back up the middle. Diving stop by Cronenworth. He gets to his feet and got him at first one apart. Jim Cronenworth just took away a two-run hit from Colton Wong. A diving play up the middle to his left. Maybe the play of the game, and it keeps it a 2 nothing game in favor of the Brewers. The Padres would get one of those runs back in the fifth inning with one out. Luke Voigt gets a, a base hit, then Trent Grisham doubles. So runners on at second and third for Jorge Alfaro. The 3-2 pitch. A slow roller to short. Charging as Urias is going to throw to first, and he makes that play. Voigt will score from third. Grisham two-third. It's a 2-1 ball game. But they're able to get out of the inning. Adrian Hauser is facing off against Jake Cronenworth. 2-2 pitch. Struck him out. High fastball at 94, and Cronenworth swung right through it. Hauser strikes out Cronenworth for the second time tonight. So it's a 2-1 game. It would stay that way until the seventh inning. New pitcher into the game for the Brewers, Brad Boxberger. First batter he faces, Will Myers. He doubles. Robinson Cano then grounds out. That pushes Myers to third after a walk to Luke Voigt and then a pinch runner in Jose Azucar. It brings up Trent Grisham. One and one the count. And now the pitch. A bunt. He drags it up the first baseline. If it doesn't roll foul, it's going to be a hit. It does not roll foul. It stays on the grass. Foxberger picks it up. Everybody's safe and we're tied at two. Perfect bunt. Trent Grisham. It's an RBI single. Yeah, the former Brewer really put one a good one down right there. So it evens up the game 2-2. Alfaro then comes up to the play. He reaches on a fielder's choice where the out is made at second with Trent Grisham. So runners on at the corners. Then Jake Cronworth walks. So that loads the bases for Manny Machado. Foxberger sets right at the chest, delivers 0-1, swinging a high fly ball into left field. It is not overly deep. Christian Yelich, a few steps to his left, is camped underneath. He reaches up to make the catch that ends the inning. Machado flies out to leave three aboard for the Padres here in the seventh. Kind of a note right there, because if Manny Machado would have driven in some runs, 
one of the big talking points on this show would have been whether or not Craig Council made the right decision leaving Boxberger in the game. Well, he sticks with Boxberger, and he gets Machado to fly out. It remains a 2-2 game. No scoring through the 8th or ninth innings, although the Padres would have an opportunity in the ninth. There's two on, there's two outs, and it's Devin Williams facing off against, once again, Manny Machado. The 1-2 pitch. Swing and a miss! He struck him out with a fastball at 96. Devin Williams. Ice water in his veins. Strikes out Machado to send this game to extra innings. Yeah, 2-2 as we go to the top of the 10th inning. Runner at second for the Brewers, Colton Wong, facing off against Luis Garcia. Luis Urias gets a base hit. That puts Wong at third, and then Christian Yelich walks. Bases loaded, nobody out, and it's Andrew McCutcheon at the plate. 2-2 game, the 1-2 pitch. Swinging a hard ground ball back to the mouth, fielded by Garcia. He'll come to the plate for one. Alfaro throws the first double play. Out by a half a step is McCutcheon. It'll go one, two, three, and now there are runners on second and third, but there are two outs. An absolute killer. Rowdy Telez grounds out for the final out, and it's a 2-2 game going to the bottom of the 10th inning as Manny Machado is the runner starting at second, and the new pitcher for the Brewers is Miguel Sanchez. First battery faces Jerks and Profar. He grounds out, but it does push Machado to third. At that point, they intentionally walk Eric Hosmer, who takes second on defensive indifference, and then they intentionally walk Will Myers as they load the bases. They get Young Sam Kim to uh, line out, so that's the big one. Uh, that was a uh, infield line out for the second out of the inning. That's huge, and you think there's an opportunity to get out of the 10th inning without a run scoring, but Jose Azucar had something to say about that. Two and one with two out. Pitch by Sanchez. Swing a little line drive. Into shallow center field. That does fall. Base hit. And the Padres walk it off in the bottom of the tenth. Jose Azokar loops the game-winning RBI single. San Diego comes back to take game one. Three to two, the final score. Yeah, Zokar with the winner for the Padres to move them to 28-14. and 14. The Brewers, they drop to 26-16, and 16. winning totals for San Diego. Three runs, nine hits, no errors. They leave 12 for the Brewers. Two runs, eight hits, no errors. They leave 10. Winning pitcher Garcia, 3-2. and two. The loss to Sanchez, he's 0-1. No home runs hit in the game. The game lasting three hours and 54 minutes. Played in front of a crowd of 31,504 folks at Petco Park. 3-2 the final. The Brewers fall in 10 innings in San Diego. We'll take one more break. We'll come back. We'll preview game two of the series. That's next. This is Brewers Extra Innings. The Brewers lose in San Diego in 10 innings to open up this series, open up a three-city, 11-game road trip. Starting to wrap up this early morning edition of Brewers Extra Innings. Let's give you some scores from around the National League Central. Big win for the Cardinals tonight in St. Louis. They knock off the Toronto Blue Jays by a 7-3 score. Paul Goldschmidt, a walk-off grand slam in the bottom of the 10th inning. As St. Louis gets that 7-3 win, it's Goldschmidt's 7th home run of the year. Miles Michaelis got the start for St. Louis, went 6 and 2 thirds innings, 3 runs, 4 hits, 5 strikeouts, 2 walks. He does not factor into the decision. The Cardinals have pulled within 2 games of the Brewers in the NL Central. 
Cubs win in Cincinnati over the Reds 7-4 the final. Patrick Wisdom and Ian Happ each hit home runs for the Cubs. Happ has really been swinging a hot bat recently for the Cubs. Drew Smiley went five and two-thirds innings, allowing three runs on four hits, five strikeouts, two walks. He picks up the win, his second of the season as the Cubs go to 17-24. and And the Pirates' struggles continue. They lose at home tonight to the Rockies at 2-1. JT Brubaker on the mound for the Buccos. He pitches well, six and two-thirds innings, just one unearned run on five hits with four strikeouts and two walks, but they just could not get much done offensively. Cabrian Hayes does go three for three with a double, but uh, not much of uh, anything else offensively from the Pirates as they end up losing that game. Brewers lose to the Padres, and now they will look to uh, put themselves in at least position to come up with a series win, but they have to win game two of that series coming up on Tuesday night. It'll be Corbin Burns on the mound for the crew. One and two, 2.26 ERA. San Diego will counter with left-handed pitcher Blake Snell. 0-1, 7.36 ERA. That's an 8.41st pitch once again, so our coverage begins at 8.05, and we'll likely be talking to you once again in the wee hours of the morning tomorrow for Brewers X Turnings. We'll talk to you then for more Brewers baseball here on WTMJ.